Hey everyone, it's Ashton. Welcome back to the Haunted Corner. Today, I have a little palette cleanser for you and for myself. It's our monthly spinoff called Humor Me This. And this is where I talk about some weird headlines that I've come across. Funny headlines, stupid criminals, weird shit that I just want to tell you about. Whatever it is, this is the episode where you'll find it. And... I've had a rough week, so we're going to get into it. And I took an edible and I have a margarita. So grab your favorite beverage, some pop, coffee, an adult beverage, whatever it is that makes you happy on a Thursday, because we're going to get into it. Up first, I have a very funny one for you guys. This article reads, Columbia's president removes police chief who cited using exorcisms to catch fugitives. Not really seeing the problem here, but let's get into it. Colombian president Gustavo Petro on Wednesday removed the national police director who had talked about using exorcisms to catch fugitives. Neither Petro nor the defense ministry elaborated on reasons for the dismissal of General Henry Sanabria, a staunch Catholic who was appointed by Petro in August of last year. But Sanabria was under the internal investigation by the ministry over whether he had inappropriately allowed his religious beliefs to infringe on his duties. Santa Bria had unleashed a debate about the impact of his faith on the police after he had issued statements in an interview last month that included a statement that said police had used exorcisms to catch drug pins and guerrilla leaders. He also issued a strong condemnation of abortion, which is illegal in Colombia. Although Colombia is a predominantly Catholic country of conservative and religious traditions, it is a secular state under its constitution. Petro, who was sworn in as the country's first ever leftist president last August, said that Santa Bria would never be prosecuted over his religion, but that there must be separation between religious beliefs and the state. Interior Minister Alfonso Prada said Wednesday that Santa Bria's departure had nothing to do with his expressions of his religious beliefs, since the government ha respects freedom of thought. He said only that the dismissal was part of a new start for the National Police Force. In a Twitter message, Petro thanked Santa Bria for his work without referring to the reason for his removal. Santa Bria will be replaced by a retired general of the police force, William Salamanca, who currently is Colombia's consul in Miami. In an interview in Samana magazine last month, Santa Bria said that he that the police forces carried out exorcisms to catch top leaders of drug trafficking gangs and guerrilla groups. He also spoke out strongly against abortion, which has been legalized in Colombia by the Constitutional Court since February of last year. Santa Bria said that abortion is a, quote, very serious sin because it implies killing a little person who is being formed, end quote. Catching criminals with exorcisms, who would have thought, you know? Up next is an article that just proves that I'm living in the wrong time. This headline reads, Would an object nearly 2,000 years old suggest Romans used sex toys, study says. 
This is a CNN article, and it reads, quote, A nearly 2,000-year-old wooden object in the shape of a penis could have served as a sexual tool by ancient Romans in Britain, according to a new study. The artifact was unearthed in 1992 in a ditch in the Roman fort of Vindolanda near Hadrian's Wall, which once marked the Roman Empire's northwest frontier in northern England. Researchers initially recorded the object as being a darning tool, according to the study published in the journal Antiquity on Sunday. This misidentification was the result of the tool being found alongside dozens of shoes and dress accessories and other small tools and craft waste products, according to a news release. However, researchers have reinterpreted the artifact as a disembodied phallus and, by examining it closely, have outlined some of its most likely possible functions. The carved object, which is 160 millimeters or approximately 6.3 inches long, could have been used as a sexual tool, not necessarily for penetration, but more likely for clitoral stimulation. Even the Romans could find it, guys. So if the archaeological find is indeed a sex toy, it represents the only known example of a non-miniaturized wooden phallus from Roman times, according to the study. Quote, it very well could be a sex object, and if it is, it is a first example from the Roman world. End quote. This is a quote from study co-author Rob Collins. He told CNN, quote, we shouldn't be surprised by this. We know from Roman art and Roman literature that they used dildos, that they existed, but we haven't found any examples archaeologically yet, end quote. So you never know. One of the reasons such objects are not common in archaeological finds is because dildos were more likely to have been made from organic materials and therefore do not routinely survive, according to the study. <laughs> Romans, they're just like us, am I right? Up next, I have another CNN article, and the headline really caught my eye. It reads... Please don't lick this psychedelic toad, National Park Service warns. The article goes on to read, As tasty as it might look, you should refrain from licking this Sonoran desert toad, the National Park Service has warned. On Tuesday, the NPS used Facebook to warn passerby to use caution around the Sonoran desert toad, as, which is also known as the Colorado River toad. The amphibian is one of the largest toads found in North America, measuring up to seven inches, according to the Facebook post. This toad's call is a distinctive low-pitched toot, says the MPS. But the toads found across the American Southwest also boast another unique feature. They, quote, have prominent parotid glands that secrete a potent toxin, end quote, according to the NPS. The parotid glands are located just behind the toad's eyes. These toxins can make humans sick if they touch the toad or put one in their mouth. So maybe don't do that. So the service recommends people who encounter the toad, quote, please refrain from licking, end quote. 
the toad's toxins are particularly dangerous for other animals. The toxins emitted by one Sonoran desert toad may be enough to kill a fully grown dog, according to the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum, a zoo accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. But among humans, the toxins have been exploited towards other ends. When smoked, the toxins are a powerful psychedelic, according to the Oakland Zoo, also accredited by by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Smoking the Sonoran desert toad secretions causes euphoria and strong auditory hallucinations, says the Oakland Zoo. Processing the toad's poison, known as bufotenin, is illegal in California, according to the zoo. So, wow. Up next, we have an article that is funny, but also not funny. The headline reads, Couple celebrates 57 years married despite multiple murder attempts. This is an article out of Allentown, Pennsylvania, and it reads, quote, They say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. A Pennsylvania couple insists their unusual romance is proof of that, even though one tried to kill the other for real. Their story even caught the attention of Hollywood. It's a love story. This year, Tony and Francis Toto will celebrate 57 years of marriage. We've been blessed that we had together all these years. This was one time when we had some rough times, Tony Toto described. When Tony Toto says they had a rough time, he's putting it mildly. The year was 1983. Tony and Francis Toto had four kids and a pizza shop, but he strayed away from the marriage and she found out. What happened next was like something out of a movie. Hollywood thought so too turning the Toto's Troubles into a feature film called I Love You to Death, starring Kevin Kline, Tracy Ullman, Keanu Reeves, and River Phoenix. While not everything in the movie is accurate, Frances Toto did hire teenage hitmen to help her try to kill her husband five times, including failed attempts to blow up his car and attack him with a baseball bat. One night, Frances Toto put a bottle of sleeping pills in her husband's food, and then the hitman shot him. Quote, twice, one in the back of my head, and the bullet went right through my chest. End quote, Tony Toto said. Because of the pills, Tony Toto's system slowed down. He was in a daze and says he didn't feel a thing, believing his wife when she told him he had the flu. Quote, the one in the head is still there. I don't think I was thinking straight. It was like a love-hate kind of thing, end quote, Francis Toto said. After five days, police found out about the plot and arrested Francis Toto and the teenage hitman. Tony Toto spent 12 days in the hospital. The first thing he did when he was discharged was bail out his wife. Quote, and then we both cry and we said to each other, from now on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's communicate better. End quote. Something that we should have done it before. So that's what was missing, Tony Toto said. Tony and Francis Toto say that tearful moment was a new beginning for their relationship and it helped them to stay on track. Quote, did I forgive? Yes. 
Nothing happened to me. It's okay. Don't do it again. Take it easy. End quote. Tony Tono said, Oh, Tony, I'm going to level with you. It's not sounding good. It's not sounding good. But Frances Toto had to pay for what she did, spending four years in prison and talking to her spouse on the phone every day. Then, in 1990, a silver lining to their dark cloud, I love you to death, hit theaters. Tony and Frances Toto traveled to movie premieres around the world and were featured in thousands of newspaper and magazines articles. The couple says they now know their situation is one in a million, and many people won't agree with it or understand it. While they stopped talking publicly about what happened long ago, they wanted to share their story now as an extreme example of the importance of communication in a marriage. Quote, if we could help one or two families, it's worth it. End quote. Tony Toto said. Now, <laughs> this is a disclaimer. If your loved one is being abused or you're afraid for your safety, help is available. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. You can also chat with someone anonymously at the National Domestic Violence Hotline website. Up next, we're on to a little bit more lighthearted headlines. This one reads, quote, Gangs of wild chickens are terrorizing residents of an island in the UK. This is a BGR article and it reads, If you're worried about running into angry wildlife while on a nice jog, Chances are you're afraid of stumbling across a bear or a mountain lion on a scenic forest trail or even a feral dog in the city. On the island of Jersey, which sits between England and France, they fear something entirely different. Wild chickens. A recent report from news.co.uk reveals that feral chickens have been making life a bit more difficult for residents of the island which is the largest of the Channel Islands. The chickens, which lack predators on the isolated landmass, are reproducing unchecked and now pose an issue for joggers, gardeners, and anyone who prefers to sleep past sunrise. It's suspected that the origins of the chicken problem stem from birds which were being kept as pets by locals. The birds may have escaped or set people were set free and they began to breed. The birds don't have any natural predators to keep the population in check and now are roaming the island in huge numbers. The residents attempted to curb the spread of the birds by hiring a firm to cull them. According to the report, only a few dozen birds were actually killed over two separate culling efforts, having very little impact on the overall population. Local officials are now urging residents to ensure they aren't inadvertently feeding the birds by leaving food out in easy-to-access areas. But that's of little comfort to those with home gardens. Reports of the chickens ravaging personal crops have already piled up, but it's the birds blocking traffic and chasing joggers that have people most concerned. Landowners are allowed to take out chickens deemed a nuisance if they are within their property, but that doesn't seem to be doing much for, much good for Jersey residents this far. Going forward, 
authorities are planning to consider a number of possible solutions to the problem and hopefully come up with a plan before the island is swallowed up by the birds. (laughs) Along with the animal theme, I have another headline that caught my attention, and I love this bear. The headline reads, Mischievous Bear Escapes Enclosure at St. Louis Zoo. Again. Ben, the St. Louis, Louis Zoo's resident Andean bear, has had a busy February. On Thursday, the four-year-old bear escaped his habitat around 1 o'clock p.m. to wander the zoo for about 50 minutes. While he explored the part of the zoo typically occupied by guests, Staff members engaged the zoo's emergency response protocol and guests sheltered at various indoor facilities. The zoo reported no injuries during the incident and Ben is now safely back in his enclosure. The St. Louis Zoo notes that Andean bears use their strong calls to be skilled climbers able to reach the top of the trees in rainforests or reach elevations of 14,000 feet in rocky terrain. They often eat, sleep, and raise young in tree nests. And they're freaking adorable. I added that in there. Quote, at four years old, we know Ben is young and adventurous. End quote. The St. Louis Zoo wrote in a social media post, According to the zoo's officials, the Thursday incident marked the second time Ben escaped his enclosure. On February 7th, Ben, quote, meddled with the steel mesh in his habitat in just the right spot, according to the zoo. His fiddling with the mesh caused a cable to fail, allowing him to escape again. So Ben's a genius. Ben's exhibit is housed in the southeast section of the zoo, neighboring capybaras and giant anteaters. To prevent a similar incident, zoo officials reinforced the outdoor habitat with steel clips rated at 450 pounds. However, Ben could still outdo the reinforced hardware hardware in his Thursday escape. According to the Smithsonian, Andean bears can grow to six feet, with males weighing up to 340 pounds. The only native bears to South America, Andean bears are voracious foragers of berries and flowers. They also eat small animals like rabbit and birds as well. Near humans, they have tended to raid cornfields. Fortunately, the St. Louis Zoo does not have cornfields. Ben's escape happened in the afternoon, though his species prefers to be rest during the daytime, often sleeping in secluded tree cavities or dens, according to the Smithsonian. The St. Louis Zoo is now working with the Bear Taxon Advisory Group and the Association of Zoos and Aquariums to determine how to prevent Ben from escaping a third time. Up next, we have an article about a very selfish criminal. This article reads, how about me? Man gets himself arrested after asking why he was left off Rockdale Most Wanted list. A Georgia man is behind bars after questioning why he wasn't among the most wanted people in his county. Earlier this week, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office posted a list of their 10 most wanted violent offenders on social media. 
just a few hours after making the post, Christopher Spalding entered the comment section and asked, quote, how about me? Uh, the sheriff's office replied to Spalding's comment saying, quote, you are correct. You have two warrants and we are on the way, end quote. On Thursday, the sheriff's office made another post showing Spalding seemingly dressed the same as his profile photo being arrested. Spalding is currently being held on two charges of, of felony probation violation. Deputies went on to say that Spalding didn't make the most wanted list because it is based on the severity of charges, meaning it typically includes those with violent crimes like murder, rape, aggravated assault, and more. Investigators say they are looking for all fugitives in the county, even if they didn't make the most wanted list. Isn't that ironic? Up next is, we're going to wrap it up with something that I thought was really cool. And this came from an allthatsinteresting.com article, which is my favorite source, so get used to it. This article is called Creepy Stories of People Literally Being Saved by the Bell. So this is something I didn't know until I started researching true crime. So now I'm going to teach you guys. The term saved by the bell is an idiom commonly used to describe people who escape difficult situations thanks to a last minute solution. But the lighthearted phrase actually may have a true scary story behind it related to a medical condition known as catalepsy. Catalepsy is a medical condition in which a patient endures a uncontrolled state of muscle rigidity and unresponsiveness. The condition is often linked to episodes of catatonia. Although the disease is widely understood now, in the past it caused sufferers to be mistakenly buried alive. After newspapers reported on these tragic endings, writers like Edgar Allan Poe built similar incidents into his own creepy stories. The frequency of catalepsy patients being mistaken for dead people led to a string of quick-fix solutions by doctors and gravekeepers, though many of these ideas created new horrors of their own. One well-intentioned yet morbid solution was the creation of waiting mortuaries. In these hospitals for the dead, the bodies of suddenly catatonic patients were kept under observation for a few days to make sure they were actually dead. Waiting mortuaries were well-stocked with food, wine, and cigars in the event that a patient woke up. Another more gruesome solution to avoid burying those who were still alive was to perform examinations to test the deadness of the patient. People thought to be dead had their fingers hacked off or endured smoke being blown, literally being blown up their butt. The assumption was <laughs> that if the person didn't wake up, then that meant that they were unequivocally, unequivocally dead. Otherwise, the procedure was used to revive those who were on the edge of death via tobacco's supposed restorative properties. There was only one problem with such tests. Only one. Catalepsy prevents patients from feeling pain during their catatonic state, so employing extreme measures proved to be an ineffective method of confirming whether a person was dead or alive. 
true scary stories of being buried alive also spawned the creation of safety coffins in the 18th and 19th century Europe, especially Victorian England. Enough people were being mistakenly buried alive that coffin makers came up with a number of solutions. These caskets were designed with above-ground horns or bells that a person who found themselves mistakenly buried alive could ring from the inside when they woke up trapped underground. Some of these safety coffins also came equipped with a stash of poison in case a person figured out they wouldn't be saved. Other models used glass panes that would fog up if the person was still breathing. Some had tubes that gravekeepers would have to sniff each day to confirm the body inside, inside was actually decomposing. Ugh. Other people were simply buried with the keys to their own coffin in their pocket. But the bell models were among the most pervasive. These morbid contraptions were allegedly the where the phrase saved by the bell came from, according to some. It's unclear whether safety coffins did any good to reduce the number of people who were accidentally buried alive, but the thought of being trapped with no escape for eternity is enough to send a chill down your spine. And that is it. That's the end of this episode. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The sources for today's episode, all the links to the headlines that I found and the articles will be listed in the show notes and linked to on the blog at thehauntedcorner.com. If you have a suggestion to share or a correction, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to tell a friend and rate and review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon.